Hello and welcome to the WWFL show. I am your host, the Golden Microphone, Patrick Vogelin, owner of a spiraling and all but given up Lincoln Log Squad. And we are here to cover the week eight that was in the WWFL as well as a look into week nine. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. This was a stressful week. Uh, we had an election going on, one that was very important, one that, uh, you know, would say is going to create the landscape for the league, nay, the world, uh, for the rest of the decade, if not longer. Um, you know, as we are talking about the election for WWFL commissioner, it was extremely expenseful. We uh, have you know, 16 year terms. So uh, a lot is riding on this one. And it came down to two, I would say worthy, but I don't know if that's true. Candidates, our incumbent, Commissioner Pete Bredigan, facing off against the challenger um, and kind of rogue resistant uh, Matthew Gieske. Um, you know, Triple D Analytics, uh, Dan's Dynamic Data, had it pretty close. Um, going into the final hours, um, as you know, votes were being tabulated, counted, some maybe twice. Um, I'm not sure if everyone registered, um, you know, mail-in ballots, provisionals, um, lots of crazy things. So it was close. I believe Dan's Dynamic Data had it at uh, a five to three count. Obviously, looking at any swing votes, um, Gieske had, um, you know, gotten very close when just an outrageous move by the challenger, Matt Gieske. He sacrificed his vote, um, happy with what Pete had declared as what he could offer for the next 16 years, um, hoping that he had some influence and, you know, gave to Pete, um, called Pete up, let him know he was stepping down and uh, Pete is the worthy uh, champion and the now incumbent and now commissioner-elect. So congrats to our commissioner and now commissioner-elect uh, Pete Bredigan of Sea Rats. I look forward to uh, being in the league with you for 16 more years and beyond. And who knows where the coverage of the WWFL show will be 16 years from now. Well, folks, you know, after rambling on, I think it's important, to, again, to get out of the... Um, you know, the political world, get into the toy department, look at the week that was in week eight. And some of you may be asking, uh, gold microphone, uh, you haven't done any introductions. Yeah, well, you know, stressful week for me, stressful week for everyone. Um, you're gonna notice that we don't even have a lot of a lot of ads this week. So I'm gonna do this pod solo, first time. Not sure how it's gonna go, but I'll do my best at breaking this down. And uh, I'm sure it'll be fairly short this week. Let's dive into just an absolute dumpster fire preview of my team, Lincoln Logs, who fell to the newly named to a B or not to a B in uh, Michael Murray, 106.86 to 96.72. This was a disaster, folks. Um, my season is in shambles. I don't know if, um, you know, what our path is going to be. Kenny Galladay really just needed to get me 10 points. He couldn't do that. He got a whopping zero. He's out this week. My team's in shambles, like I said. Um, I lost to Murray twice 
arguably one of the worst teams in the league. I think that makes me one of the worst teams in the league. So not really anything to highlight on my squad outside of that. On Murray's side, he does put up 106, beating projections of what he had for 100. Huge week out of Gio Bernard, 21 points. Um, some may be asking, you know, that's more points than Joe Mixon's really had other than that week that Pete had him on his bench. What are the Bengals doing? I would have to agree. Uh, maybe that's why they are a sorry franchise. Um, otherwise, you know, just average weeks uh, for everyone else. And uh, he had to be happy with just getting the win and out of the cellar once again. We'll move on to the next matchup. This one's almost rivaling the past. We'll match up for no one cares. It's the number one seed, the Fish House. He took down in a close matchup the Sea Rats, who now in eighth, 117.34 to 115.16. That's a slim margin, folks, especially for these teams that are on polar opposites of the league standings. Dan has to Russell Wilson and Alvin Kamara, think. That's uh, 28 points from Russell and almost 21 from Kamara. They've been really showing out for him. And if it wasn't for a late Monday night touchdown from Allen Robinson, Dan may uh, be tucking his tail between his legs and uh, being a sorry franchise. Um, he would have taken the loss. Pete really came out well, almost hit projections right on the nose, only off by 0.16. He gets 23.8 out of Tyreek Hill and 17.2 out of Keenan Allen. So his wide receivers did a great job. And uh, with Mike Evans getting 14 in the flex and 18 out of Philly D, uh, you really have to like what Dan or what Pete did there. And, you know, I think maybe he's going to make it a pretty reasonable end to the season for his squad. Moving on to the next matchup, we have Kobe, who fell from the three spot last week to the four spot against Gunna Smothers You, who took the win and moved into the fifth spot in the standings, 82.52 to 72.22. What an ugly game, folks. Again, Charlie, although uh, maybe getting some ugly wins, really proving that it's really not about the points, it's who you're playing, and it's about getting that W at the end of the week. Uh, Matt, just having a terrible week. Um, he's really got to be disappointed with... You know, what he had this week based on getting 121 points the week before um, and 140 the pre previous week. So he's really kind of sputtering out perhaps, maybe uh, at the wrong time. Maybe that's why he conceded the commissioner um, vote. Who knows? A lot of questions to ask about Kobe. Uh, but, you know, Chuck really got to like that he could even just pull off a win. There's not a lot of highlights. Uh, he did a good job of patting Jamal Williams in there with... Aaron Jones going to be out. And so um, we'll see who he goes at quarterback this week. You know, Lamar's not playing great, and he does have Herbert on his bench. I like that guy. He's a gunslinger. Into the final matchup of week eight, we had Merkham, who is now moved into the three spot and once again um, vying to be one of the hottest teams in the league, showing his goatness, who took down the number two seed, Dr. Diesel, in a somewhat of a close match. People were eyeing this one, but a shocker. Uh, 145.64 to 105.06. Trevor came out guns a-blazing. 34 points out of DK Metcalf. Wow, is that guy impressive. Another 22.5 from A-Rod. And 
Kind of the rest of his team just limped around. I guess Brandon Ayuk, nice start with 19, um, you know, right before he got the Coco. Diesel's side, you know, he was kind of scrambling, uh, adding quarterbacks, probably adding tight ends like he always does. Uh, we're never quite sure what he's doing on the waiver wire, just trying to make sure he's got that depth. He did get three touchdowns of Devontae Adams, but the rest of his team came up short. He had to start Tevin Coleman at the RB2. Ty Lockett didn't put up 45, you know, maybe that was a shocker why you can't win. Um, so, although not a panic moment for Diesel, he does have some roster shakeups as he's, um, you know, looking to secure that two seed. He does get Kyler Murray back this week. That'll obviously help. Welcome to another edition of a non-partisan, fact-driven segment of Triple D in honor of John King. Remember that I will count all the wins and track all the stats. Let's go week eight results. Danny, it's his first season sweep of Pete since 2017, and he's shooting to match his all-time best start of eight and one, which also happened in 2017. Pete, second to last in points, and at the bottom of the standings, he's had his worst start to his season since 2017 when he started two and eight. Chuck and Matt, Chuck third fewest points ever scored in a win at WWFL. It's his first season sweep of Matt since 2014. Matt, a uh, huge dud after the three-game streak there. It's his lowest point total since week seven of 2017 and his eighth lowest all-time. Trevor and PBK, uh, Trev most points in a week since week one of 2018, a little resurgence and a bounce back. 41-point uh, win over PBK is the biggest since 2011 in this matchup. PVK ends his four-game winning streak over Trev, but he stills off to his first five and three starts since a 17, and he's in second place in total points. Murray and Loglin. Murray stopped a three-game losing streak. It's his first season sweep of Loglin since 2017. Don't look now. He is only one game back in the playoffs. Loglin on his first four-game losing streak since 2015, and he's trying to avoid his career worst of five-game skip that also occurred in 2015. Week 9 preview, uh, Danny over Murray, 17-14. Matt over Pete, 20-11. And remember, Matt has won 13 straight games going back to week 8 of 2013. PVK over Chuck, 17-12. Trevor over Logan, 16-11. As always, Skyima, row the boat. God bless. Go Gophers. And folks, I haven't even looked at the waiver wire, but why don't we mosey on over and just check out what happened this week in the league. Uh, if I had to make some predictions before I even take a look, I'm going to assume that Kiski probably made quite a few moves at some point. And just doing a glance, it does look that way. Let's jump into late Sunday afternoon. We have Kobe adding... Marquise Brown and dropping Jay Crowder. I believe he picked Jay Crowder up and dropped him at least twice last week. He also adds New England running back Damian Harris and drops Marquise Brown, who I just mentioned, only, uh, you know, looks to be eight hours after picking him up. Dan picks up Harrison Butker, clearly not afraid of missed PATs. 
And uh, then Matt just basically sold all his stock on the Eagles, dropping Boston Scott, dropping Carson Wentz, and picking up Mike Williams in return. Uh, gonna smothers you with a nice pickup of DJ Dallas taking advantage of a hot Seahawks team that needs likes to run the ball, and he looked good on Sunday. I don't care about defenses, so we'll highlight that Trevor, who has talked a lot about Hayden Hurst, gave Dan a lot of shit about him, um, picks him up and drops Evan Ingram. We'll see how that works out. And Diesel dropped Tevin Coleman, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, I don't, it's kind of musical chairs there in the San Francisco running back room. It's either you get COVID, you get injured, or you start. So one of those, you got to cross your fingers and hope for the best. Diesel with a nice pickup of Marvin Jones after he can drop Burrow after with Kyler Murray coming back. Like that pickup with Gallaudet gone uh, for who knows how long with the hip injury. I wanted to pick him up, but I'm really riding on Antonio Brown. Exactly. Not a good idea. He also picked up Corey Davis to pad that wide receiver spot, dropping Hunter Henry, trying to cut bait on some of those tight ends. Ooh, later in the week, Chuck dropped DJ Dallas for um, Swervin Irvin on the Packers. I don't know if that's a little bit of homerism on his side or he was trying to cuff that COVID on the running back side of Green Bay. I think Irvin had a good Thursday night. Um, I don't know if he started him. We'll look at that in the preview. Chuck also adds Christian Kirk. Kind of smothers you. Also drops uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. So we see a lot of San Francisco backs being dropped. Probably wise. They looked awful. And let's see what else. Murray adds Jarvis Landry, drops Jermichael Hasty. So as I mentioned, San Francisco running backs, not a good week for you. Trevor adds Jerry Judy. I had to pick up Ben Roethlisberger. Ryan Tannehill, I like that guy. I think he's been playing well, uh, but that's not a good week for him. And hoping that Big Ben can at least throw for three TDs against Dallas D. Chuck still scraping the bottom of the running back free agent bucket. Picks up Wayne Goleman. And, uh, and then Pete even just picking up on Chuck's sloppy seconds as DJ Dallas. That looks to be about it. Uh, I will again note that uh, Kobe just makes ridiculous moves on the waiver wire. Picking up players, dropping them. He had Badly on Wednesday at 9 a.m. as a kicker, and for some reason, he dropped him on Thursday at 6.30. Like, what changed in that 20, 36-hour period that you didn't like your kicker? Seriously. All right, folks, let's look at the standings after, uh, you know, kind of a weird week, shaking things up, you know, um, contenders were threatened, uh, pretenders were trying to move their way up, and we'll start at the top. We still have Dan, who's sitting in the one spot. He retook that point scored title from Diesel after a tough week. He's sitting at 7-1 and one and all but locked up the playoffs at this point. Then in the two spot, we have the Diesel, Dr. Diesel. He lost last week. He's sitting at five and three, only with a one game margin over the three and four spots. So he's gonna have to hope that Kyler Murray puts his team back on track. 
In the three spots in that 500 at four and four is Merkham. He's on a one game winning streak and he's sitting at third in points four. Then in fourth, who's also fourth in points, we have Kobe who's at 500, four and four. And he took the loss last week, slipping a little bit in the playoff standings. But as if the week were to end and the playoffs were to start, we would have Dan in the one facing Kobe in the four. Diesel at the two, playing the GOAT in the three. I would assume he'd like to move off that line. Scary stuff. Let's move into the consolation half of the standings. We're looking at another 500 team, Gunna Smothers You, who is four and four. He's on a one game winning streak. Um, you know, so maybe he could contend. Like I said, folks, not a great uh, scoring week last week. But it doesn't matter. He got that W. That's important. Now moving into the sixth spot. And with a team that is the only team to have over 1,000 points scored on him. It is my squad. I have lost four straight. I am three and five. That's right, folks. I was three and one at one point. It has been a horrible stretch here um, for my squad. And I am... Looking to sell, so I don't know if we hit the trade deadline yet, but if anyone likes anyone on my team, give me an offer. At the seventh spot in the standings, we also have a three and five team. Tua B or not Tua B. I don't know if the name change or coming on the pod was the key, but he got the win, and Michael really does have a chance uh, with another one to move into somewhat of a playoff conversation, which is crazy because he has about... 200 points less than the top scorer of Dan, and he has about uh, 120 points less scored on him. So you could say he's lucky, but also sucks. I'm not quite sure. And in the last spot, bringing up the rear, he moved out of the cellar last week, uh, but he's back now. It is our commissioner, C-Rats, who fell to two and six, uh, although he's not last in points, he is not close behind. Uh, and he is l maybe looking at being in that eight spot, padding his uh, draft status and being able to be on the swing. Who knows? It would work. It worked for um, some teams who were in the back half last year. Welcome to Merkham's Boomer Bust segment. We will go through each team and pick one player who will boom and beat projections and another player who will bust, not meeting them. This segment has found permanent sponsors with Bush Light and Grizzly Chewing Tobacco. They'll both get you buzzed. Moving on to our week nine matchup of the week. We got challenger Kobe versus our current commissioner C-Rats. Starting off with Kobe, his boom this week will be Damian Harris slicing and dicing the Jets for 15 points. His bust this week will be Devontae Parker, only going to get 6 points against a tough Arizona secondary. Moving over to C-Rats, his boom this week will be Mike Evans securing 18 points in a shootout with the Saints. His bust will be Melvin Gordon taking a backseat to Philip Lindsay against a tough ATL run D. Moving on to our next matchup, we have Gunna Smothers U versus Dr. Diesel. 
going to smothers use boom is going to be Adam Thielen. He will have a nice bounce back game against Detroit, securing 16 points this week. His bust will be Lamar as he fails to struggle to get outside the pocket and beat the Colts with his feet. The Colts are going to shut him down. Our boom on Diesel's side of the ball will be Kyler Murray. He will near 30 points, securing 28 against a terrible Miami. Our bust is going to be slight bust in this case, Devontae Adams. He's going to come in just lower than projected with a 14-point game. Moving on to our next matchup, we have Merkham versus Lincoln Logs. Starting off with Merkham, his boom will be Brandon Cooks. As his hot hand continues, he will end up with 15 points. Our bust will be McLaurin. He has only beat 14 points twice this season. He will come slightly under projected with 12 points. Moving over to Lincoln Logs, his boom will be Derrick Henry. He is a man amongst boys, and he will put up 22 points this week to match the number on his jersey. Our bust will be Ryan Tannehill. He will have trouble, but as we said earlier, Henry will dominate the rush game. Tannehill will not get it going. Moving over to Tua B or not Tua B versus the Fish House. For Tua, his boom will be Tom Brady with 24 points in a shootout versus the Saints. His bust is going to be Zeke, who's struggled to break 100 yards many times this season, and he's not going to do it against a tough Pittsburgh D, resulting in 8 points. On Fish House side of the ball, his boom is going to be Kamara. He is possibly the most versatile back in the league. He will be involved in the pass and the run game, resulting in 26 points. For Fish, the bust is going to be Russell Wilson. Another slight bust. He'll just come slightly under projections with 21 points this week. That has been Merkham's Boom or Bust segment, brought to you by Bush Light and Grizzly Chewing Tobacco. They'll both get you buzzed. All right, folks, and we're going to move on to your favorite segment of the week. It's mine as well. We're going to look at some matchups for the week nine. And this was a big week, Um, you know, Getting a two-game lead to go into the playoffs could be a big thing after this week. We'll jump into a matchup that no one really cares about outside of Merkham. He is facing a Lincoln Log squad that is struggling and projected to win 112 to 104. Uh, you know, Trevor, I'm uh, always going to act like you know you're on the pod because I think then... Uh, maybe it can reverse psychology this, maybe get a win. Who am I kidding? I don't think I stand a chance. I'm going to pick Trevor here. Um, he's got DK Metcalf, who is clearly the best receiver right now in the WWFL. He's got Terry McLaurin facing a horrific and ho- just dreadful New York Giants defense. Clyde's Edwards Hilaire probably sweep up some tight D uh, from some touchdowns and Dalvin Cook also playing like the best running back in the league um, so a lot of like on Trevor's side nothing to comment about on my side just dreadful if you even look at my bench injuries bye weeks Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell what the hell am I doing 
On to the next matchup. We're going to look at Dan, and he is the one seed. He's facing the resurging number seven seed team, Tua B or not Tua B. You know, maybe the name change is going to do it. Dan does have a predicted 20-point win in this one. He's projected to put up 130 points. Yahoo clearly likes his matchups this week. And, you know, I really like Michael's name change. I like the idea of motivating his team. But I don't think Zeke's the guy. I'm not sure he's going to get enough out of David Johnson. Chris Godwin's coming off a finger injury. Um, it's just tough sledding. And so I think I'm going to take Dan in this one. He's even got a, you know some players on his bench that he could maybe plug in if he wanted. But uh, I think Dan is going to take this. I agree with Yahoo, probably by a wide margin. In the next matchup, we're looking at the fourth and final playoff team, Kobe. He's projected to face C-Rats, who's in the eighth spot. And we are fortunate enough that Pete did play Robert Tunyon last night, who got a whopping one point and now has dropped his projection to 94.86. Matt's predicted to get 107 points. And I think that sizable 13-point advantage is probably going to give him the win. Matt does have some question marks on his team, as he does have Christian McCaffrey, who's supposed to play, but still carrying that IR tag. And he also has Damian Harris, who he's starting. He seems to be kind of a will-he-get-the-workload-or-not type of back. So who knows if that's going to be the right start, as he's sliding out of Amari Cooper in the starting lineup, as well as uh, Devontae Parker. On Pete's side, uh, I don't know if there's really much to say. I like his wide receivers. 1-2, uh, Tyreek kills a stud. And Keenan Allen looks great. I always draft him, but uh, usually lacerates his kidney. So good for you, Pete. You hang on to him. Uh, and the rest of his team, he's kind of struggling. He can't start Mike Davis anymore if McCaffrey's back. Mixon's on a bye. He's injured anyway. Woods is on a bye. Green is on a bye. Hyde's injured. Well, Lazard's on IR. I, Pete. You have like 15 points projected on your bench. What are you doing? So I'm taking Geese. And in the final matchup of the week, this one seems to be the one of most interest. We do have the two-spot seed, Dr. Diesel, uh, facing the resurging and hopeful playoff team, Gunna Smothers You in the five spot. And they already had some players go on Thursday night. After a whopping 28 points out of Devontae Adams, Pat is now projected just shy of 137 points, where Charlie started Aaron Jones. I thought it was a great play. He gets about what he was expected to get, and Charlie's projected 107 on the nuts. That's a pretty sizable, about 30-point advantage projected by Yahoo. I think this one will end up being closer than most think. This is definitely the game to watch. Lamar Jackson really needs to step up. Look for him to uh, feed the squeaky wheel that is Hollywood Brown for a couple TDs this week. But with Murray back in Pat's lineup, James Conner and uh, James Robinson, the Jameses, as maybe some have called them, playing well at running back. Tyler Lockett probably does better than he did last week. I think it's just too much. Chase Claypool, too volatile. Mark Andrews. Maybe he doesn't get as many things uh, receptions as he would uh, without Marquise Brown shutting his mouth. And uh, David Montgomery is a sorry excuse for running back. So I like Charlie's wide receivers. I think this one's close. 
but I'm going to take Dr. Diesel in this one uh, and we'll see what happens. Well, folks, that was a quick wrap up. Sorry, couldn't have any guests this week. Um, that is my fault and probably some of yours, but we'll get um, some new guests on. We'll get some old guests on. We're going to make sure that this stretch run heading to the playoffs is documented well in the WWFL show. And we even hope to have some multiple guests on, maybe some rivals, to discuss their experience facing off in the WWFL. And remember, give us a follow on Spotify. Uh, you can like, comment, you know, tell your mom, tell your grandma. It is a pandemic and we're not going anywhere. Have a great night.